Hi, welcome to Pod of Mercy. I am your host, Long Hair Linda, and today's special guest co-host is... Jay Thinks. <laughs> What's Jay going on? Thinks. Hello, Jay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. glad that we finally got this pop in. Man, we have been planning this for what? I swear it's been two months now at this point. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's been a bit crazy. Oh. It's mostly my fault, though, to be honest. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's a little bit of both of us, to be honest. Our schedules just didn't really want to make this happen for whatever reason. But we're here now, and I'm so, so excited. Before we get into the topic, though, I do have to do a rapid fire with you, Jay. I know. I heard you do this with Paris, and she was a G <laughs> on it. I don't know if I'll be, be as, um, as efficient, but I can try my best. Listen, she absolutely killed it. So just as a reminder, I've got 10 questions for you and you have 45 seconds to answer every single one. Now, they're a bit of a mixed bag. So some of them are like this or that questions and some of them will involve you like thinking a little bit. But oh, what man. I'm trying to get is your literal first answer. The first thing that pops into your head when I ask you the questions. Okay. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Cool. Let me set my timer then. You've got 45 seconds starting... Now, cookies or cupcakes? Cookies. First thing you do when you wake up? Check my phone. Girl <laughs> strip or romantic getaway? Uh, romantic getaway. Favourite ice cream? Uh, pistachio. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Favourite author? Oh, God. Um, Paolo Coelho. Truth or dare? Dare. Name three things you use every day. Um, moisturizer, deodorant, the toilet. <laughs> or a first date, drinks or dinner? <laughs> dinner. Number one goal to achieve in five years? Um, super oh. richness. Oh, we just went out of time, but you said super, so I'm going to allow it. I'm going to. Yeah, super. I just want to be super. Just want to be years. super. That's that's a good answer. That was you did it. Well done, Jay. Yay. <laughs> right, I want to revisit a couple of your answers. Okay, so you said, um, 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 uh, pistachio as your ice cream. Mm. No one ever says pistachio. I absolutely adore pistachio ice cream. It's the only ice cream that's worth it, man. Honestly. Like. <laughs> yeah. Proper proper pistachio is the one. Love a bit of pistachio. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. Um, yeah, no, the rest of your answers I, I enjoyed. Um, the name three things was hilarious. Um, the toilet. <laughs> I mean, fair, you do. It's something you do. So yeah. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Without fail. Cool. Okay. So today's topic is the root of popular sayings, um, otherwise known as uh, the very fancy word etymology. Um, oh my gosh. Yes, I you forgot, it. didn't you? It's been that long that you forgot what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I truly did. But I love etymology. It's like <laughs> one of my little, it's like people always look at me like I'm a neek when I go, did you know that that was a nautical, that's from a nautical um origin <laughs> looking at me like all right jay <laughs> trying to get drunk right now why are you telling me that <laughs> <laughs> wait do you do this in like a social setting when everyone's having a drink oh, oh, yeah, like... <laughs> oh, definitely. yeah yeah definitely fun facts like you know um what is it like um bob's your uncle someone yeah. say will say bob's your uncle and i'm like did you know that that's actually from king robert and basically, basically, the king became the king because the guy that was supposed to become the king died, and Robert was actually like not a very, uh, not a very good um, candidate to become king, and so that's why they say it's something that happens easy. Is Bob's your uncle? Because oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh I never knew that. But literally, people look at me. People look at me like I didn't need to know that, but now I do. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, that's actually super interesting. I genuinely didn't know. That's not one of the ones I've got on my list. So yeah, no, that was that was cool to know. I didn't know that before. <laughs> fun facts, Linda. Fun facts. You've got a bunch of fun facts. Okay. <laughs> so maybe you'll think up some more and maybe some of these you'll already know if you already have a lot of these in your head. We'll see. Um, I've yeah. made a list and I've tried to kind of separate them into like weird things. So we're going to start into like the, the kind of plant side of the list okay. um we're gonna get started with forest for the trees do you know where that comes from 
Forest for the trees. No, I haven't even heard that before. I've heard you can't see the wood for the forest. It's the same. Uh, yeah, it's the same. So there's usually variations of it. It's either forest for the trees. Um, you can't see the wood for the trees. Can't see the wood for the forest. It's all. It all means the same thing. Okay. What? Well, so do I know what it means? Is yeah. Have you heard of it before? Since you yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. And then, do you know what the root is? No. No. Okay. So. Um, I'll start off with what it means. So thank you to okay. phrases.org.uk because you know when you know when something means but trying to explain it, uh, it's just not going to work. So I pulled up um, phrases.org.uk to see what it meant. So it means by focusing on detail, you lose perspective and miss what is important. So that's generally when you will use this type of phrase. Either you can't see the wood for the trees, can't see the forest for the trees, or you can't see the wood for the forest. Um, yeah. So this proverbial saying, it actually started with, you can't see the wood for the trees. And um, it was first found in Sir Thomas More's Confu... Con mm, I should have practiced how to say this beforehand. Confutation of Tyndall's answer, spelt very wow. weird, 1533, in which More argued the case against the English cleric Robert Barnes, who he considered to be a heretic. So he at the actual text says, and as he might tell, hmm, hang on, this is spelt really weird. So it's in Middle English text. So just bear with me. Um, okay. I can read. It's just very hard. <laughs> and cool. as he might tell us that of Paul's church, we may well see the stones, but we cannot see the church. And then we mm. may tell him again that he cannot see the wood for the trees. Um, and the translation, the modern translation they've given that is, uh, he might tell us of what Paul's church, what? He might tell us that of Paul's church, I mean, this was in normal English and I can't read it. He might tell us that of Paul's church, we may well see the stones, but we can't see the church. And then we may tell him again that he cannot see the wood for the trees. So that dates back to 1533. So it's a really, really old saying. Have you ever actually yeah. used it in like regular speech with people? Yeah, can't see the wood for the trees, yeah. See, I never ever use it. And to be honest, but I use loads of old things and people look at me like <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Like <laughs> I, I can't think of any off the top of my head now, but I'll come out with things and they're like, where did that even come from? Like where like you sound like my nan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I genuinely don't. And I only um I only use so I use the forest for the trees one but only when I'm singing it so um I don't know if you've heard of Yeba but Yeba's got a song called Evergreen and she sings like there's a line in it that says forest for the trees so that's the only thing that actually made me think of it I was singing along to that one day in the shower and I was like oh I need to add that to the list <laughs> um otherwise I just yeah it's not it's not one that I would use Mm. Um, so phrases.org.uk goes, goes on to say that John Hayward included the saying in his 1546 glossary, a dialogue containing the number and effect of the proverbs, I'm guessing, it's a U in there, in the mm. English tongue. Uh, I'm not going to read what it says, but... See, I rate these people, though, like that in 1546 were writing glossaries because... You know, like how easy it is for us to write stuff now. They had to get quills and ink and wow. all that stuff to write this stuff, and like, and they had to like inherit knowledge as well. Like they had to like oh. pass it down, like you know, and and pass down literally make sure, yeah, paper and like just the thought of it now, and we can literally just Google whatever we want. No wonder we don't retain any information. <laughs> It's true, yeah. People are, like the, the actual the human brain has got a whole lot more lazier because we rely on all these all these things do you know what I mean to hold us down like even even books even like the lack of books that people like I still read standard books because I like to just lock off from everything when I read a book and when you read things on a, on a device you're always going to be contactable or things are going to pop up or the battery's going to die and whatever but like loads of people just don't even deal with books no more like it's crazy What's really upsetting is that's so true um, because I've, I've literally bought a couple of books that I was meaning to read uh, over lockdown and I specifically bought these books to go, you know, to use my time up differently than I than I was. Yeah. And did I read them? Did I fuck? They sat on my bookcase, nice and new, not been uh, cracked open. I'm uh, so disappointed in myself and yet I'm still not doing anything about it. So, you know. If you saw the bookshelf that I'm sat right next to is like, there's what probably about 
60 or 70 books on there and I have read probably about 15 to 20 of them but loads of them are just there for show (laughs) to make a bitch look smart (laughs) literally at this point it is decoration it is it is decoration in my living room because you see that bookcase it's actually just it's honestly I'm so I'm just disappointed in myself is all I can say um so in the way that Haywood used it, so in 1546, so this would have been a little while after the original use of it in 1533, mm. Haywood kind of um, skewed the meaning a little bit. So rather than it being focusing on, um, you know, the the detail and losing perspective of the, the larger meaning, which is what its original intention was supposed to be, Haywood kind of used it to describe um, having so many good things that people can miss the fact that life as a whole is good. So it's kind of similar, but it kind of just made it a bit more philosophical, I guess. Um, in more recent times, according to this site, uh, people might be advised not to worry about the detail when life in general is good by being told their concerns are first world problems. I hate that term. Or um, they also can, there's certain terms like don't sweat the small stuff. So basically what they're trying to do is tie all of that back to this particular saying can't see the wood for the trees okay and that's the root of that saying so now you know now you've got another factoid i've actually got i've actually got a couple of books on this here bookshelf um and one of them is called um red herrings and white elephants and that's all about like it's basically all about this like different sayings and whatever oh yeah but it's very yeah I've always been I've always been a bit of a neek for things like that like especially um I speak French as well and like I see a lot of um like French origins in the words that you know what I mean like Mm. I can see where it's come from do you know what I mean I've always liked that yeah I did I spoke French a little when I was younger and I did it in school and then I forgot and then I did it at uni and then I forgot <laughs> so now I'm just I, I can still count but that's practice. it yeah if you don't like with me now um I'd be rusty in conversational French but yeah. if I go to France I can tell you what everything is in the supermarket without having to google do you know what I, mean? like, yeah, I know yeah. what I know what like do you know what I mean the what the words look like kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. I'm like that with um, with Greek. So I lived in I lived in Athens for a year, and they obviously use a completely different uh, alphabet. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not different enough that it's it's not confusing. So like it it's still <laughs> some of the letters look like our letters. Like for example, the V in our alphabet um, is actually a N sound, like an N sound. Oh wow! So and and a P in our alphabet is a R sound, an R sound. So it's it's very annoying when you're reading it because you want to say it the way you've always said it and so it's that you end up putting puz and vers in words that they shouldn't be in so that's annoying but once you get past that um it is actually very cool to be to still now i can still read greek don't know what it says haven't haven't spoken greek in years but i can read it and so that's i think stuff like that is really interesting how your brain will remember those parts but i try to have a conversation with someone and you just will blank yeah but um, anyway, let's stick to then the plant section of our sayings. The next one, beating around the bush. This one's a common one. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> I'm sound. I, I don't know anything about this, and I thought I knew everything. I don't know where it comes from. It's all good. We can learn together. We can learn together. Okay, so um, obviously, being around the bush means to avoid answering a question, to stall, to waste time, etc. So. According to gingersoftware.com, thanks a lot, uh, the origin of the idiom beating around the bush is associated with hunting. In medieval times, hunters hired men to beat the area around the, the bushes with sticks in order to flush out game taking cover underneath. They avoided hitting the bushes directly because this could sometimes prove dangerous, like whacking a bee's nest, for example, um, and it would obviously put a swift and unwelcome end to the hunt. So they'd be around the bush. Okay. I know. I I thought that, that actually was that actually you sh- I should have known that to be honest. That's um, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sticking with plants. Don't let the grass grow under your feet. Have you ever used this one? Never. <laughs> I've never even heard that one. <laughs> I don't even know how I found this one because I genuinely have never heard of this before either. 
Um, so apparently it means don't delay seizing an opportunity. Don't let the grass grow under your feet. Okay. So apparently it's like shortened. So originally it was, hang on, this is weird. Okay. So the, what I'm, I'm back on phrases.org.uk and honestly, they like to write in very old timey ways. So bear with. But it's apparently it's one of the proverbs that emerged in Tudor England, and it's along with uh, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. Um, don't keep a dog and bark yourself. Never heard that one. Have you? No. <laughs> don't keep a dog and bark yourself is hilarious. I don't know what it means. It just sounds funny to me. So apparently the first use of it was in 1566. So it's uh, there hath grown no grass on my heel since I went hence was how it was used. So, wow. yeah, it's a really, really, <laughs> really, really old. Mm. I don't get, though, why, and they're not really explaining it. They're just kind of, I guess, expecting me to understand. But I don't get why that would, why that would have anything to do with seizing an opportunity. Like, what? what yeah, no, because grass, and, and if you're stood on grass, like, it, it's not going to grow, is it? Because you're, like, stood on it heavier than yeah it has the grass it's like when you put like if if my daughter leaves like a toy or something on the lawn like a flipping water gun or something the grass dies underneath it's really annoying i get quite upset <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't know why that means that um i really don't that doesn't make sense because you're right it, it would just like die and and wither away and go brown if you were stood on it so Maybe maybe the opportunity would will not be great. Maybe the opportunity will go if you don't seize the opportunity. But then yeah. why would standing on it be not see? I don't know. I don't get that one. But sure, why not Tudor England? Let them live. Let them live. Let them live. All right, shall we move on some animals? Yeah, go on. Well, this one's technically fish. Fish rots from the head. Fucking hell, I've never heard that. Who says You've that? You've never heard that? Fish rots from the head? Yeah. No, I've never heard that. Who says that? Do oh, you say that? I've said that loads of times. I think maybe if you talk about politics a lot, you'll usually say it because what it usually means is, um, so if you say a fish rots from the head or a fish rots from the head down, it means that like, so if you've got like a structure of government, for example, which is what's usually brought up in politics, if the mm. leader is corrupt, then it's rotting the entire party, basically. Okay. The head, the head of the organization. Like if you look at any corporation, any job that you've had, if the main boss is shit, usually the rest of the management. So it's it's kind of similar, like the bad apple, the bad apple thing. Kind of, yeah. It's similar to the rotten apple uh, spoils the bunch, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very similar. But for some, it's it's weird though because. I don't think a fish, like when you look at natural fish, whether that would happen like that. <laughs> but the yeah. saying is common. It's weird that you've not heard it, but I've definitely used this one a lot, a lot. Okay. Um. So looking at writingexplained.org, uh, the definition they've given is a bad leader will cause an organization to deteriorate. So that's just a um, smarter sounding way of saying what I said. And the origin, um, so this one's a weird one it says most sources simply call this an ancient proverb of unknown origin some speculate that it came from the greeks or the chinese or the turks originally however there's okay. no definitive proof so early oh. english examples credit the turks and it dates back to at least the 1600s it comes from the idea that after a fish is caught and killed it first begins to spoil in the head however some biologists say that this is not actually factual that uh, they say that the first part of a fish to go bad is its intestinal system. So that's, that's obviously natural, because that would be like, if you think about it, I don't know, that would be where there'd be like whatever the fish has eaten. So it will kind of rot. Yeah. So it, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, definitely the biology of it makes sense in terms of it being the intestines. But I guess because it's so old, such an old saying, they assumed a lot of things back then that we now know aren't yeah. true. So, I mean, for them, well, it even I was just thinking, actually, when you were saying um, I was thinking about um, hair of the dog. Yeah. You haven't got that on the list, have you? Hang on, I don't think I do. Because hair of the dog comes from early English medicinal and they used to basically 
if a, if someone was bitten by a dog, then they'd rub the hair on the wound. And it's supposed to, um, like, if the dog was rabid or had given you something, it would take away. And so, but they say hair of the dog when you have a drink the next day, innit? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, but that's that's from medicine. That's what they thought was a medicinal approach to being bitten by a dog in the, I, I don't know when it was. So if, if the dog then, so if the dog had rabies and obviously bit you, then obviously you'd get rabies. And what they did was they'd rub the hair, the of hair the dog like the fur of like on, on where you've been bitten and that was going to take the rabies away yeah apparently wow. okay <laughs> we've done some crazy shit man listen we still do <laughs> let's be honest um well sticking with animals then um i'm i'm assuming you have said this yourself and definitely heard it cat got your tongue yeah cat got your tongue do you happen to know the origin of this one i don't <laughs> All right. School me, Linda. School me. (laughs) Well, thanks to historyextra.com. Some have suggested um, that the ancient kings would punish those who displeased them by cutting out their tongues and feeding them to their pet cats. This grisly idea persists in the theory that the phrase came from a time of witch hunting where fear and hysteria abounded. Witches, as the stories go, could steal a person's speech, sometimes by removing the tongue and feeding it to their familiar or pet. Or was it nothing to do with actual cats? Did it emerge on tall ships when sailors would fall silent at the threat of a whipping with a cat oh nine tails? Oh, cat and nine tails. Fuck's sake, I can't read. All these stories, all these stories, however, have no evidence to support them. Surviving records of the expression do not go very far back in the past at all. Volume 53 of the US publication of Blues Monthly magazine, published in 1881, mentions the phrase as something many children say. It then appears in the 1911 model uh, novel, sorry, of Bob Hardwick by Henry Howard Harper. Um, Apparently, there's a similar French saying, je jette ma langue au chat, which means I throw my tongue at the cat. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than berating someone for being silent, however, this is used to express something along the lines of I have nothing to say. So the French version is a little bit different. Okay. So So it's more kind of like that that they're actually proclaiming that they're not saying anything rather than someone's accusing them of of not saying it exactly okay um so yeah according to historyextra.com unfortunately cat got your tongue sounds like it should have a good uh, it should have a good origin story but if so the explanation has been lost like children's nursery rhymes or fairy tales the phrase may just be a nonsensical invention mm. so we don't know we don't know if yeah. it is them weird ancient kings cutting out tongues and feeding them to their cats or if it's witches we have no idea. Wow. I know. But we say it a lot. Like I say it, yeah, I hear it all the time. Yeah, definitely. Got your tongue. All right, next one. Donkey's years. Um I don't know where it's from, but I know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it be like donkey's years is like you've known someone for ages, isn't it? Yeah. It means a uh, long time. So I'm guessing donkeys is is it like a similar thing to how dogs have, um, like when a dog's thirteen, they're like eighty in dog years or something. No, funnily enough, we've we've changed it as time goes on. So it originated in the early twentieth century, and apparently as a pun on the long ears of a donkey okay so it was originally donkey's ears but over time i'm guessing someone must have misheard or it just you know slang whatever it became donkey's years but it was actually thought to be um you know a pun on on how long donkey's ears were and that's that's why it meant a long time okay yeah so that one was relatively easy um and uh, we're sticking with animals got two more more than one way to skin a cat I don't know why we say this. Um, yeah, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't. Know I was a little bit worried because 
I can't remember looking at this and whether it's going to be gross because it sounds like it's going to be gross and I don't know why yeah. I put this on the list. <laughs> but uh, Why are people even skinning cats in the first place? That's what I want to know. But it's such a common saying. I don't understand why. why. Anyway, so worldwidewords.org provides an answer. Um, they say there are many versions of this proverb which suggests that there are always several ways to do something. Charles Kingsley used one old British form in Westwood Ho in 1855. There are more than there are more ways of killing a cat than choking it with cream. Other versions include <laughs> there are more ways of killing a cat than choking it with butter. And there are more ways of killing a dog than choking him with pudding. But there's more ways of killing anything. Why were they so specific? Honestly, I don't know. But in 1678, <laughs> Um, there was a collection or so of John Ray's uh, second edition of his collections of um, English proverbs. He says, there are more ways to kill a dog than hanging. Why is it all so violent? I don't understand. Um, I'm a bit desensitised because I've been watching Handmaid's Tale. So like, it's, just, it's, it's, just, it's just brutal every episode. I've heard <laughs> it. It's a pretty crazy show. I still haven't watched it. Oh my gosh, yeah, you need to watch it, it's crazy. But yeah, carry on anyway. <laughs> All um, this hanging and skinning. and a lot, man. And I, I just feel like these poor animals, they didn't even do anything. Um, Mark Twain used um, a version in a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court in 1889 and said, she was wise, subtle, and knew more than one way to skin a cat. So there are lots of versions of this. And I'm trying to get to a point where it tells me why they're focused on killing these animals. Nothing. It's just giving me a whole bunch of versions. There's been so many different ways this stuff has been said. But not a reason why it's so violent. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't understand. There's just It's just so violent for no reason. Yeah, no answer has been given on that one. So I'm going to move on since they're not giving me an answer. Good yeah. for the goose. Good for the gander. You must have heard that. Yeah, again, I goose, know what. Yeah, I know what it means. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know where it's from. So apparently it's from around the 1670s. I'm getting this from Wiktionary. So, you know, grain of salt. Um, <laughs> so uh, apparently an earlier form includes as deep drinketh the goose as the gander, which came, which was in 1562, apparently. Uh -huh. So uh, the proverb, literally what is good for a female goose is equally good for a male goose, which is known as a gander, or what is good for a woman should be equally good for a man. The other option that's given or the other explanation that's given is if something is good for one person, it should be equally as good for another person. Someone who treats another in a certain way should not complain if the same is done to them. Okay. So yeah, it's looking like 1562 is the earliest version of that. And again, it was a proverb by John Hayward. Man, man did a lot for the, uh, for the English language. He really he did. John Hayward was busy. He was active. He He's was active. outside. <laughs> He was outside. Um, okay, shall we move to food? Yeah. Have you cake and eat it too? Oh, that's what... I don't see the point in having cake if you can't eat it, mate. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it's been shortened to that because the original, which I've also heard a lot, is have, have your cake and eat yours too. So like okay. on eat mine too or something, something like that. So it's have okay. it's having your cake and then eating someone else's, basically. That's where it, that's so why eating your cake in the fridge, but eating your mate's cake. Well, it's basically just having like having your share and then having someone else's is what they're trying mm -hmm. to say. But for some reason we've all shortened it to you can't have your cake and eat it too. But it's basically you can't have your cake and eat mine too. Like that's what the original mm -hmm. was, I believe. Let me go oh, on to that actually is a bit that's actually saying something slightly different. Right. It's completely different. The way thing. I've always seen it is like is like you can't have two options, basically. So you, you can't have, yeah. But but taking someone else's opportunity is is a totally different thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what <laughs> you know, actually, yeah, that does change the meaning completely because oh. even wordhistories.net says the pro the, the proverb that says uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too means you can't enjoy both of two desirable desirable but mutually exclusive alternatives 
Yeah. Um, so it made more sense in its early formulations, according to uh, wordhistory.net. And it says, when the position of have and eat had not been reversed, it is first recorded in a dialogue um, containing the number of effect of proverbs. So this came up in the other thing and it's spelt funny. That's why it's hard to read, but it's from 1546. Um, again, by John Haywood, English playwright. Goodness gracious me. Outside. He was outside. He was outside. Right. <laughs> and uh, he's, it, the, the, the proverb goes, so a husband is told the following by his wife. What man, I believe, ye, mm, now what does, what does this word mean? R-A-U-E. How the hell would you pronounce that? R-A-U-E. Rao. Yeah. What man, mm, what man, I believe, ye, Rao? Would ye both eat your cake and have your cake? Yeah. Okay, old English is wow. This is this is really hard to read. <laughs> I'm I can't do it. I'm trying to find a. They're not even trying to explain it. They're not even giving a modern version of this. They're just expecting us to figure it out. Anyway, so later on, um, <laughs> English po English poet John Davies said, "A man cannot eat his cake and have it still." The French go. equivalent of this is, hmm, now I'm going to read French. I can't read Old English, but I think I can read French. Go for it. Oh, my God. I can't even see anymore at this point. My eyes don't even work. Um, on ne peut pas avoir le beurre à l'argent de beurre. Meaning oh. you can't have the butter and the money's worth of the butter. Oh, that actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So you, you basically got to make a choice. And it, it, I think having your cake and eat it too would indicate one not making a choice because people often say it in, in um, terms of relationships, isn't it? Like, oh, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. Like, he wants to have a, a girlfriend and a side chick. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that I think the burr, the burr reference is, the burr. is actually clearer. <laughs> well, yeah. shout out the French for making sense of that one because that old English was, oof, that was not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay cream of the crop surely you have said this heard this and heard it i am oh. it bro <laughs> did you hear me i just went you am it <laughs> i am it i am it mate um <laughs> you've been in manchester too long <laughs> i have i've been in manchester too long i am so tired i need to stop doing these after a whole day of working this makes no sense yeah for real um, because my, my brain is just like sorry what we're trying to do what now okay so cream of the crop, does, cream does of the it, crop. it obviously comes it obviously comes from like agricultural roots right it does so did you know that when you let milk sit cream rises to the top the cream yeah. is considered to be the best tasting part of the milk so if something is the cream of the crop it's the best of its kind that's nice and simple to uh, to explain yeah. and to understand, which is good. Um, Sister Sledge also sang in Cream of the Crop in 1976. You're the cream of the crop. You're the tip of the top. You're the best of the best ahead of the rest. Yeah. They wrote that song about me, even though I wasn't born. It was defo about you. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so yeah i'm just trying to see apparently it came to use in english um by the year 1800 according to learningenglish.voanews.com thanks so much so yeah okay. very simple that one which i enjoy because uh, the other ones were, were getting a bit too tricky for me i'm just not smart enough for these so let's move away then uh we've got everything but the kitchen sink technically not food but you know same area everything but the kitchen sink i've yeah, said this I, I say that. and i've heard this but i've never quite understood where it came no. from why are we saying i mean it would be it would be impractical to attempt to take the kitchen sink anywhere because it wouldn't function as the kitchen sink because it's not plumbed in well no but that that's the saying the saying is <laughs> everything <laughs> i know <laughs> no, i know i know um i was being silly um yeah, I have I have used it though. I bought because I do I don't I do take everything but the kitchen sink when I go anywhere. 
I need to have my home with me. Yes. Wherever I go. Like I take a suitcase for a weekend trip to go see my mom. Facts. Facts. I I, I look like I'm going for a two week holiday when I'm going to a don't flop event. Like (laughs) honestly, honestly, a hundred percent agree. Um, so of course the meaning for those listening that don't know, um, almost everything that one can think of, it also means everything imaginable, also means a very large number of things, whether needed or not. Um, hello, me and my suitcase. Um, mm-hmm. Also means much more than necessary number of things. Again, me and my suitcase. And the final meaning is just about everything. So it's giving you lots of options there. Pick whatever fits. So uh, the origin, apparently, according to theidioms.com, the phrase originated around the early 1900s and the first print reference can be found in 1918 in the newspaper, the Syracuse Herald. So the expression became popular during World War II, where it was said that everything but the kitchen sink was thrown at the enemy. This led to the erroneous belief that the phrase originated from WW2. Um, Another variant of the phrase, everything but the kitchen stove, which predates this phrase and can be found in 1894 in the Jeffersonville uh, National Democraft. The current phrase probably evolved this earlier phrase. Okay. So either everything but the kitchen stove or everything but the kitchen sink. Um, you mentioned apples earlier. I've got apple of my eye as the penultimate one. Mm. Have you ever actually said it? It sounds corny no. to me, so I've never said it, but I've heard it yeah. a lot. I've heard it, yeah. It's like they, they'd they say stuff like that in old films, wouldn't they? Like, they do. Yeah. No, I've, I've never said it personally. Well, according to Grammarist.com, the apple of one's eye is an extremely old idiom i just found it hilarious that they've put extremely old in there i don't know why it's just very funny to me (laughs) Um, apparently it's dating back over a thousand years so originally the apple of one's eye referred to the part of the human anatomy so um the apple of one's eye describes a thing a person someone who loves um someone which someone loves above all others oh my god reading is so hard why did i pick such a reading last <laughs> episode right now it's so bad holy okay. shit okay um i promise listeners i actually can read just not so well today so uh the phrase the apple of one's eye dates back at least to the ninth century first seen in king alfred's of wessex's gregory's pastoral care Uh, It was probably used in conversation long before that time. Originally, it referred to the pupil of the human eye. It was believed that the pupil was a round, solid object. In a time without proper eye care, sight was a precious commodity. It wasn't long before the apple of one's eye became a metaphor for something precious. This metaphor was used several times in the King James Version of the Bible, as in Psalms, where it says, uh, keep me as the apple of thine eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Shakespeare used it in Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, it's been used several, several times since, and it's a very, very popular saying amongst pl- playwrights, poets, mm. all types of people. Okey doke. All right, so that was, the, that was Apple of My Eye. So the final one then, Jay. I've, have I like I've, I think I've like failed dismally at this etymology test it wasn't really think. a test to be fair so I think we're learning together and I'm also doing a bit of extra learning whereby I'm learning how to read for the first time you're just being kind <laughs> no honestly it wasn't it wasn't even designed to be a test it wasn't okay. a promise a price and okay. um, the final one this one you've definitely said I, I think I've probably even heard you say this one oh, by wow. the skin of your teeth yeah skin of my teeth yeah, but yeah, where does that come from? I've never, I've never even queried that in my in my crazy little brain. I've never queried <laughs> where it's come from, but I've always queried um, or I've always thought about how weird it is because obviously you don't have skin on your teeth. So yeah, but then there's also like in like like a West that West Indian people say skin and teeth for like for smiling. So it's like obviously i don't connect i don't connect the two because they mean different things but then yeah. like people like you know how people say oh yeah watch eyes skin and teeth like that that means you're smiling like so it's um yeah but you don't have skin on your teeth you don't you have lips cover your teeth but 
Yeah. And I mean, you have gums, I guess, that cover part of your teeth, but are but covered that's not skin. In. That's real different material. Yeah, it's like different tissue, <laughs> right? So it's like, I don't know. But um, for those of you who don't know or haven't heard by the skin of your teeth, it means barely. It means like narrowly, um, very close to almost not, like escaping something. Yeah. So um, according to phrases.org.uk, this fun website, um, by the skin of your teeth. So the first, um, the phrase first appears in English in the Geneva Bible in 1560. Oh and that's God. in Job 19.20, chapter 19, verse 20, uh, which provides a literal translation of the original he Hebrew. And it says, I have escaped with the skin of my teeth. So, so you reckon they meant like the plaque that was on their teeth because they didn't have toothbrushes them times? Well, this is the thing. I hope not. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> they they just classed it as teeth skin, but they didn't know that it was actually... It was black that could be brushed away. Oh, God, that's horrible. That is such a horrific thought to have. Um, well, phrases.org.uk says, teeth don't have skin, of course, so the writer may have been alluding to the teeth surface or simply to a notional minute measure, something that might now be referred to with less um, poetic... I've just gone away from the page. Hang on. With less poetic imagery than the biblical version as as small as the hairs on a gnat's pollock. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that so basically they so well it, in the Bible. They're guessing that really they knew that there was no skin on the teeth, but it's it's to make a point. It's yeah. that narrow that it's to make a point. Yeah. But I am interested I, in I think it's black. Saying. You think it's black, fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, have you enjoyed uh, today's etymology lesson, Jay? Did you learn <laughs> I actually things? have. I, you know what? And because we we talked about doing this so long ago, I forgot that we were even going on the theme of etymology. But it's been refreshing, definitely. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it. I've certainly learned a few things. I don't know how much of that I'm going to retain. I'm going to be all the way honest. But I'm very much looking forward to being at a battle rap event and uh, having a drink and you showing up and giving us a factoid on on some of these phrases. I think me, showing up. <laughs> me 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 trying to remember something this is what happened like you see even when I did the the Bob's your uncle it's like yeah basically yeah like his <laughs> uncle, yeah died and then his dad was nah it wasn't his dad it was his nah that's that's how I tell people things and they just look at me like Jay do you actually know anything about what you're trying to tell me about like no I just smoke too much weed <laughs> Well, to be oh, honest, yeah. I think you're always more interesting anyway. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of these back, but in your version, um, yeah. these are, this, that would be cool. All right, so let's move on then to the final segment of the show. So this segment is called Mahakama, which is a Swahili word that means court. Uh, it means high court specifically. So okay. this is the segment of the show, Jay, that I use to basically cast judgment. Um, I'm trying to be less judgmental in my life. I'm trying to show a bit more grace. And so I literally created an entire podcast with its own segment where I could just judge people, things, situations. There'll be obviously no repercussions, but I decide whether to give them mercy or no mercy. Okay. Okay. So since this is your episode, Jay, um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well. So I haven't picked a person or anything since we've been talking about entomology. Um, today I just wanted to focus on language. I oh. thought it would be good to keep the focus on words for this week's Mahakama, specifically gross sounding words. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so whether I've they're got... acceptable or not. Exactly. I've got 13 weird sounding words. Thanks to thanks to bustle.com. It's a list on there on an article there. I'll link it in the description if you want to see it yourself, guys. Um, so there's 13 gross sounding words. I want to hear from each one for you, uh, Jay. Mercy or no mercy? Mercy okay. being you'll allow it. It's not that big of a deal. No mercy. It's disgusting. Take it out the lexicon. OK, cool. OK, cool. First one. Nice and easy. Moist. Mercy, man. Mercy. <laughs> I'm going to say mercy too, because yes, it is a gross sounding word, but if you are describing cake. Yeah, no, and I, this is what I'm saying. This is like, I, I, I actually say moist a lot in terms of cake and I, I feel absolutely no way about it. Yeah. And people go pause and I go, no, man, this is cake. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
<laughs> I love that people are pausing moist. That's so funny. I know, like, <laughs> listen, I, certain times I'll say things completely innocently and people's dirty brains will just go, eh, and you're like, oh, man, now we... <laughs> literally talking about cake guys although yeah. cake is also a slang term so you know exactly. um, <laughs> next one ointment mercy or no mercy oh, i don't like ointment <laughs> no mercy wow that was harsh i don't, I don't like the oint the oint bit sounds weird <laughs> when you say if you say oint more than four times <laughs> you turn into a sea urchin <laughs> wait i have to try it now Oink, 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 oink. <laughs> I can't believe you actually did it. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> almost like a challenge. That does sound very weird. I don't know. I'm yeah, still... no, that gets no mercy from me. I think I'll give it mercy. I don't mind it. I actually think it's quite a funny sounding word rather than gross. But, you know, that's fair. You're giving it no mercy. All right, next one. Creamy. <laughs> no nah, man, I like my coffee to be creamy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <what> a... <laughs> nah, that yeah, no, nah, creamy can get mercy still. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like a child. I don't know why I'm giggling so much. I know. No, but you know, once you start giggling, the giggle yeah, yeah, you can't stop. Everything will be funny. <laughs> um okay creamy for me uh i think i'll probably give this one a mercy as well it's on the same lines as like moist to me if you're talking about foods and stuff like i don't yeah i don't mind like if i'm talking about i don't know a carbonara or something and i say it's creamy i don't really? think that's an issue but like yeah it is a bit you know weird sounding if you're not using it to describe food but you know <laughs> yeah it can be gross but no i'll give that one mercy all right the next one squid i don't like squid squid was when some when people mention squid like my shoulders tense up wow <laughs> you get like a visceral reaction like that is it because yeah. you don't like the food or the the sound of the word i don't like i don't like squids i don't i think sea creatures should be left in the sea except for fish um but yeah um <laughs> wait <laughs> wait <laughs> We're not just going to bypass that. Sorry, you think sea creatures should be left in the sea except for fish? Yeah, I like prawns, mussels, leave all them in the sea. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Seafood is not for me, mate. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, squid, I don't like. Like, it, it, you have to make a weird face to say it. Squid. <laughs> Go and look at yourself in the mirror and say squid, listeners. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, okay, so is that a no mercy for you then? No mercy for squid, no. I'm going to say mercy because I don't eat squid. Uh, I'm vegan anyway, but even when I wasn't, I didn't eat squid. And um, I actually like how it sounds. Squid. I like words that start like that. Like I always say squid. I always say squab. <laughs> I don't know why I love scarf so much, but I do. And squalene, you know, the like ingredient is like anti-aging or whatever. Anything that starts with squaw, even square, like I'm just, I don't know what it is. I like, I like pulling that face for whatever reason. Squaw. Does your nose wrinkle up when you squaw? Yeah. Yeah, squaw. Squaw. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another squaw word is squirt. <laughs> Oh my god, I need to stop giggling. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Um I guess if you're talking about like cream, squirty cream. <laughs> or give us a squirt of your moisturizer. <laughs> I've never in my life heard that sentence said ever. No, but no one's ever asked you for a squirt of your moisturizer, so you wouldn't have. And they just know that you get these bougie moisturizers that you're not trying to share with no one. That's what it is, Linda. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, right. Turns yeah, out no. Um, squirt, squirt is... Squirt is something that you do say. It's not really... It's not... It doesn't... Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mercy. Mercy for squirt. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say mercy. Heart of mercy. Heart <laughs> of mercy. Um, okay, next one. Squelch. It's another squir. People Squelch. really don't like these squir words, apparently. Yeah, squir. Um, squelch. It's it's a very descriptive, useful word. We've got to give it mercy because yeah. you know if you stand in mud, it goes squelch. Agreed. That's like top of the adjective list for standing in mud, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also, whenever someone says squelch, I also think, I don't know why, because I've never done it, but I also think of stepping on a water balloon. I feel like that would make a squelch sound too. Yeah. I think it's a very useful word. I agree. Mercy, 100%. Next mm-hmm. one, hate this word, already giving it no mercy. Um, We'll see what you think. Phlegm. Uh, no, phlegm's Ooh. getting no mercy. I hate phlegm. it. Horrible, horrible word, horrible thing it's describing. And it's horrible how they've tried, they could have just done it, F-L-E-M, but they've done Mm P-H-L-E-G-M. Like, why did they have to, they even made it look ugly. It looks ugly and it's (laughs) And you know that it isn't nice. Isn't nice. I don't even like Flemish. Flemish sounds horrible as a language. Um, It's a horrible word for it. It doesn't sound nice when it's spoken. It's that weird mix of French and German that just doesn't go together. Yeah. Big, big fat no mercy. See when they say Flem when you speak Flemish, that's not spelt like Flem though, is it? That's That's F L E M. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Um, yeah, but, yeah. If your language was spelt like phlegm. Like yeah. phlegm is like it sounds like you've got phlegm when you say it properly. Phlegm. Maybe it's its own version of a squelch. Like it sounds like what it is. Ugh, gross. Oh man, phlegm can't run. No, no mercy. No mercy. All right, smear. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I just stopped giggling. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> No, smear. Um, fucking uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> um, no, smears getting no mercy. I don't like smears. Same. Absolutely no mercy. Hate it. Hate everything fun. about it. You want to hear a fun fact? Do you remember? Oh. The, the, do you remember the cartoon back in the day? Um, the raccoons. Yeah. Yeah, with Cyril Sneer. Cyril Sneer was the bad guy, yeah? I didn't remember the, that, but okay. Well, he was the pink dude with the bent nose, yeah? Oh, okay. Um, but when, my, when I was younger, obviously, I'd overheard, like, my old, my mum, my auntie, whatever, like, talking about, or, or written on the calendar even, cervical smear, cervical smear. And for some reason, like, I, I linked it to the raccoons. <laughs> and I yeah cervical smear but it's Cyril smear but my brother my brother literally mugs me about it at any given opportunity remember when you thought it was cervical smear and I'm like no I didn't I didn't I didn't <laughs> but I really did but yeah no smears smears of smears of butters so no mercy for that yep the worst things in the world um okay next one slurp <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mercy. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Slurp, slurp said when you say it, it sounds. You. It sounds not slurp. <laughs> I actually. I don't mind how it sounds. The only reason I'm personally giving it no mercy is because I really hate food sounds. I hate people eating sound. I hate the sound of people eating. Yeah, no, I sorry. hate the sound of me eating. It's not even just I'm intolerant of other people eating. Even just like if I'm eating a touch too loud, I get like not, oh, if you've got a cold and you're like and you're man. Yeah. If no, I no, open no. my mouth at any point when I'm chewing, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even hungry anymore. <laughs> I'm so irritated <laughs> with myself. <laughs> or like if I have Listen, you uh, gotta let that go, man. That's I a know. lot of stress. Listen, it's so much stress. Like, I just, I want people to know that it's not just other people. It's me too. Like, I irritate myself with it. And, like, if I have, like, noodle soups and stuff and I use, like, you know, like, the proper Chinese spoons and, like, that causes you to slurp a bit too much. And I've literally pissed myself off several times having a noodle soup by myself, just irritated the shit out of myself. So I really just don't like the sound. (laughs) Yeah, because I've slurped the soup and I've just gone, oh, why? Yeah, yeah. But that's what you do with soup. Like, you can't be mad at yourself for natural human reactions to things. You say that. 
You say that and yet I am, Jay. Yet my brain decides to be annoyed and I can't. And then I'm in a mood for a good five minutes. <laughs> I have to I have to just fight my way out. A of whole it. five minutes. A whole five minutes. All because I slurped a bit of soup. <laughs> it's honestly, I wouldn't recommend anyone being in my brain. It isn't it's sometimes not a very fun time. Um the next word I have not heard, and I'm not sure if this is how you pronounce it, but I'm gonna give it a try. Lugubrious. Oh, lugubrious. It's spelled L U G U B R I O U S. I quite like that. That's that's got similar phonetics to exuberant, and I love exuberant. I love the word exuberant. Oh my god, I love yeah, that word. Yeah, that one can. That one's got mercy. Even what does it mean? So apparently, it means sad or dismal. Oh. I'm feeling rather lugubrious but today. i bustle bustle is saying that the reason people don't like it is because it sounds like something would bubble up from the bottom of a murky pond with that slimy goo sound everyone hates yeah. so that's I get that, like, but then... yeah but i kind of like lugubrious i enjoy saying it too if that's even how it said yeah, lugubrious lugubrious I'm All right, number eleven. But I want to be exuberant. Yeah, <laughs> bars, Don Demarco. Um, <laughs> number eleven is curd. Curd, like lemon. Yeah, curd. curd. Curd doesn't. I really reckon they done lemon wrong by calling that curb that curd because curd curds and originally comes from the milk process, right? Cheese like, curds. Yeah. That's the same routine, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like that thing, that lemon stuff is nothing like that. So I reckon they done lemon a bit wrong. They well, should have curdled that. it. That's why it's got the name curd, because it's been it's like lemon mixed with like egg or something, and they've curdled it. So no, there's no egg in lemon curd. Man. It's either it's either egg or that. milk. It's something that's not vegan. I know that much, but it's something that makes really? uh, yeah, it makes the it's it's two ingredients that normally wouldn't go together with the lemon usually. Oh, so it's made it. Okay. So it's something that's it's made it all gelatinous. That's why it looks like that. So it's curdled. Oh, gelatinous. That's a word I love. I love that word. Same, same. Yeah, so it's curdled. That's why it's called lemon curd. Okay, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> See, look, I'm full of Every useless day of a school day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are you saying for curd then? Mercy or no mercy? Mercy, yeah, it's not offensive. Yeah, same. I don't mind it. If you say lemon curd, I don't care. Cheese curds doesn't sound like something I'd I want. can't believe they even put that in the list, to be honest. I know. Yeah. Not offensive. Um, this one, I, I love the word and I love the thing, but I, a lot of people are offended by it, so I'm not mad at this. Pulp. Pulp. I like pulp. I love pulp. And the band Pulp. Same. Yeah. I want to sleep with... And the movie Pulp. pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp's great. Pulp gets mercy. Yeah, mercy, 100%. percent are being so merciful today. I know. Well, this is the last one, and I'm not about to be merciful about it. Oh, okay. Mucus. Nah, <laughs> mucus needs to go <laughs> exactly where phlegm went, yeah? Eradicate. <laughs> no mucus, man. Uh, no, mucus is minging in any... You, no one wants mucus around, do they? No, mucus is the worst. It's probably top five worst <laughs> words ever it's horrible the thing it describes is horrible like you said it's right up there with phlegm they can all go they can all just go disgusting yeah well right we are at the end of the show thank you so much jay for joining for this etymology episode is there anything <laughs> you would like to promote or let the listeners know about um well i've literally just my new single's gone live on Spotify today. Ooh. Um, yeah, um, 36. So you can, yeah, 36 actually in the word spelling of 36. Um, by myself, Jay Finks is on Spotify. So yeah, go and stream that up. Um, the video's on YouTube as well. And um, I'm going to be releasing a mixtape. I'm not going to give a date because every time I give a date for anything, I jinx it, but it, it will be within the next month. <laughs> So yeah, 
um, I've got a new mixtape coming out called The Lost Folder, which will be out by the end of September. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, the links, the Spotify and the YouTube links to 36 will be in the description of this, please. So um, click and listen and watch and enjoy. Um, Thank you. Okay, well, mine are super easy. I've not really been doing my other shows, but I usually do what's politicking you off every other Saturday. Hopefully they can come back soon. Problem is the country opened up and uh, I've been out outside every weekend. Um, so hopefully it's been so good to see you girl I've I've seen you like more in the last like month than I have done in the last like 18 months I know it's crazy I've literally been every single battle rap event that has happened since restrictions lifted I have been to um this is actually going to be the first weekend I'm just going to be indoors and I'm yeah. already it's Monday currently when we're recording this you'll be hearing this on a Wednesday but um yeah I'm already like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my weekend I'm gonna be bored oh I've got to to do all the stuff that I didn't do the last the previous two weekends because I've been outside been outside (laughs) inside this weekend (laughs) washing and drying and ironing and all that fun stuff all the fun stuff all the all the stuff that keeps the uh the home ticking and whatnot um so yeah i don't really know what's going on with the shows but hopefully what's politicking you off will be back soon as will the um wrapping up of the world of the internet viral stories shit that we do for the talk about it network live specials um hopefully they'll be back soon so check out the sarcasm city youtube channel they've got a whole bunch of other shows anyway so you won't be bored Flawless has got about 17,000 shows currently, so you'll find something. Flawless uh, is outside. He is, he is outside, but inside. He's outside, He's outside in the uh, internet space. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of whatever else I'm involved in, um, follow at Pot of Mercy. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It'll, stuff will be posted there. And that's it. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. <laughs> Bye.